with the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Welcome to episode eight of Y Web 3 Navigating Frontier Tech. Today, we're talking about the latest news in the world of emerging technologies. It's August 31st, 2023, and Bitcoin is currently at 27,000, pulling back a little bit from 28,000 yesterday, but really kind of riding a high of so many so many good news articles, and we'll talk about those here shortly. Uh, Ethereum's kind of moving a little bit closely, uh, but, but again, they're working on reclassifying that, uh, hopefully as a commodity. So first, we're going to talk about some social media platforms uh, that just got the license to allow crypto payments, uh, major development for the crypto crypto industry as it could make it easier for people to buy and sell crypto on these on these various platforms. Um, next, we're going to talk about a court ruling that will pave the way for the first spot Bitcoin ETF in the United States. This would be a huge ruling um, and also the reason why Bitcoin is, is rallying a little bit today. Uh, this is another impactful development as it could make it easier for institutional investors to get involved in the crypto market. The ruling is subject to appeal, uh, but it's a positive, positive sign for the U.S. We'll be discussing some of these developments in DeFi, Metaverse, and so many more. And I have an amazing panel to work with today. So let's go around the horn and make sure we get some introduction to them. Let's start with uh, Tuam. How are you today, sir? Doing really well, Jay. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, name's Tuam Holmberg. I'm the CEO and co-founder of CollectorCrypt. We're a physical to digital bridge for collectibles assets. So think about you know, your Pokemon cards or coins, comic books, stamps, things that are real-world assets that have, you know, tremendous markets in the real world, but, um, you know, typically are inefficient. So we're trying to uh, reduce the friction, make it a little bit easier, reduce the fraud, bring all of that trading and authentication on the blockchain, and, um, you know, hopefully create the new world. Thank you. Well, one, of, one of my absolute favorite, favorite Web3 projects, Collector's Crypt. Fabulous. John, how are you, sir? Hey, good. Good morning, Jay. Uh, so yeah, John Welch, CEO of Making Fun. We are a video game developer and publisher. Um, I would say a, a year ago, we were going full all in with crypto and we were building NFTs and moving our games over to uh, blockchain and, and, and to feature NFTs very, very prominently. Now we've taken, um, we're still going in that direction in the long term, but we've realized that the best strategy for getting there is to have an amazing game first to lead with. Uh, so I think that's a big trend in gaming. It's no more about the crypto. It's about having an awesome game. And, okay, one of the features of that awesome game is having the ability for players to own their assets and, and to be able to bring cash in and cash out in a fair, transparent kind of way. So we had kind of a game that we were working with that was not as popular. And then um, now we're developing the next generation version of our most popular game called Eternium, which has... Uh, has had 37 million downloads on, uh, it's one of the highest rated apps ever on the App Store and Google Play. Uh, it's available on PC, on Steam, and, um, and we're developing a next generation version of that now. And so that will become the basis for what we can uh, bring NFTs and, and blockchain into. Awesome. Awesome. Starting next year. Fabulous. And uh, last but not least, uh, someone who really appreciates a good game, um, Antoine, who, uh, again, you, you've got a very diverse background and, and is super excited to have you on the show today. 
Thank you, Jay, for having me. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, so I'm Antoine. I'm the uh, co-founder and, uh, and co-CEO of MetaEngine. So we are a game uh, infrastructure platform. So uh, um, uh, from game development, we have our own proprietary game engine, uh, our own proprietary massively multiplayer networking capacity for uh, our engine, Unity, Unreal, etc. We also have a, a decentralized asset store to keep track of, uh, of uh, game assets. Uh, I spent the last 10 years in gaming and uh, the years before in investment banking. Um, <laughs> a little bit of a, of a jump there, but very interested about, about, the, about the, uh, the ecosystem and then where it's moving. Well, there's, there's no way to be in, in any, you know, financial markets if you're not into an MMO, because what else are you going to be doing in between trades? Like, you know, it's, you, you got, you, they're, they're both really the same thing. I, I was a farm. big, yeah, yeah, there you go. I was a big Eve online, you know, player, which was, you know, spreadsheets in space. So, um, but back when I played wow, I was in the cram down clan. <laughs> it was a bunch of CEOs and venture capitalists. It, you'd be surprised. It's very common out there. So anyway, guys, let's go ahead and kick this one off. I think it's an amazing week. Uh, we've had a lot of good news, uh, come out of the United States, which has not, uh, been the commonplace right now, but again, this is a global show. So we'll kind of make sure to get a bunch of different perceptions around this. Um, but right off the bat, uh, X, uh, formerly known as Twitter, uh, Elon, I think the timing on that was really interesting. Uh, the, he was getting sued by the DOJ and the SEC and literally within 48 hours of that lawsuit coming out, he's like, Oh, we're changing the name and it's now X. And, you know, so whether he was trying to kind of go with some old, you know, kind of push the old name and the old business plan to, to Twitter, or he just wanted that much attention on his new, on the new X platform, uh, don't really know. But I think one of the most important things is that Elon, you know, one of the, the former uh, early PayPal uh, innovators. So he has a very clear understanding of how money works. He very much understands how the banking regulations and laws are. So while we hear a lot about, you know, crypto people wanting to have, you know, on and off ramps and everything else, um, this is a, a very experienced founder. A very someone who's very experienced in the payment space, um, and we've heard that he's, he's applied, uh, you know, quite a, quite a bit for EMI licenses uh, in all fifty states. Um, he stated that publicly maybe about a month ago, uh, and we just saw today that he was granted his first out of uh, Rhode Island for an electronic uh, money transmitter license. Um, this allows for them to take payments, uh, convert into make purchases uh, natively without having to kind of use a, a third party. Tom, you, you're uh, this. This is kind of exciting for you because one of your things is that you want, you know, you you want to buy and sell and move uh, real world assets, you know, back and forth. And you know, the on and off ramps are one of the biggest challenges. What's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. The um, the ability to uh, you know trade assets on the blockchain is uh, is you know it sounds simple, but when you actually get into the nuts and bolts and and try to figure out exactly how you're going to do that, it becomes very difficult. So I mean, I I could imagine a future on X where you know we we are integrated in some way, and somebody can like you know click on somebody's profile, and then you know maybe they have a link to our platform, and it might even show some cards for sale within that, and then you could just do the payment straight through through X. I mean, I I think that's you know a five to ten year vision, but it's like you know, that would be a much more efficient way to trade things, a much more personal way to trade things than exists right now where you have these, uh, you know, major entities like eBay and and so on where you, where you trade things. Um, you know, kind of jumping a little bit, you know, more broadly, I think a lot of companies have kind of experimented, you know, uh, with, with trying to integrate crypto into what they're doing. And, you know, most notably, obviously, is Meta. Who uh, who made a huge bet on on trying to you know integrate crypto into their platform and and you know hasn't done well with it, 
Um, other ones, you know, you, you, you've heard about experiments that Discord has done to try to integrate uh, crypto within the Discord app and had, you know, a huge backlash from the community that doesn't want anything to do with it. Um, you know, the thing that's great about X, you know, whatever you think about Elon Musk, what's great about X is that he owns the whole thing and he is in full control and he's going to do it and he doesn't care what value he destroys. Um, I think this is going to be a phenomenal experiment. Um, I think it's going to be, if it works, you know, probably some aspects of it will work really well and some are just going to fall flat dead. And we need somebody out there trying to push this to, to get the use cases that work out there. Otherwise, everybody else in the world is going to be afraid to do it. So I applaud uh, Elon on this and, uh, you know, excited to see what happens. I, I think the interesting thing is, you know, there was already a lot of speculation about, you know, an X coin, you know, is Elon going to launch a coin? And he came out very clearly and said, no. You know that, and you know he he he's smart enough to understand you know where the SEC you know kind of has like some really hard hard guidelines and rules, and and there's no benefit to him launching coin. It's a private company, you know. This isn't a money play for him. This is an access play. You know, he's you know one of his biggest reasons for for acquiring Twitter, and he said so publicly is is data. Um, so he wants usage. He wants to know where people are, and he kind of sees you know X being this this you know, everything app, you know, payments. And that he just announced this morning, it's going to be able to do, you're going to be able to do audio and video phone calls through without a phone number. Um, Antoine, what's your, uh, you, you've been around this space for quite a bit. You've seen a, a lot of changes and, you know, what's your thoughts on, on uh, kind of where this is going? So first of all, you got to give respect to the guy uh, trying to, well, going not all in, but just adding the feature. There you go. Here it is. Um, he makes cars. He makes rockets. He made PayPal. So he knows financial regulations and he knows every bit of regulation in every state in, in, in the US and probably in ma many countries. So he knows what he's doing. Making a coin is a bad bet uh, because the regulation is too complex, especially for, for a publicly listed company. Um, and then uh, if you are, if you are uh, integrating crypto into your platform, that, that's what we did with MetaEngine. We had a mm -hmm. game engine and we are adding crypto to it. How do you onboard users? How do you give them a wallet? You have to use third-party services like, you, like uh, Web3Auth or, or others where you log in, uh, 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 where you log in with, uh, with uh, uh, your Google account or Twitter account or Discord account and get a wallet with it. And it's paid service. Yeah. I'd rather have my wallet given given to me by Twitter. I, that's the way I see that this announcement is they are just going to add a wallet to your account. That's it. So then you'll be able to control it with your authentication from Twitter and forget about the secret phrase, forget about that complexity of click uh, here, add gas there. Uh, sorry, fuck it. Uh, um, it's uh, simpler. It's a lot simpler. So if they were if they were doing that, and they are, I'm pretty sure he's going to do that. Uh, then, okay, you have crypto ready platform. It's, that doesn't mean people will use it, uh, but he can then create use cases, and people can create use cases on top of that. And if you control your assets, your 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 wallet with your Twitter account, uh, uh, as much as you control whatever you tell people or whatever you com how you communicate with the world through Twitter. And call and 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 send online messages, whatever. That's great. That's exactly yeah. what should have been done. That's actually, I think that's massive. That's a massive, massive opportunity that the internet and startups and other companies failed to address for so long that Apple and Google finally just stepped in. And right now, if you're on iOS, your phone is your everything. It unlocks your car, mm -hmm. right? 
Well, I think there's an opportunity here, and I think Elon sees it with X. If I can go in and get a source of money, do I need to run my own blockchain to do that? No, my own coin? No. What I need to do is I need to give, I need to have X be the place you're going to do things, right? Just like WeChat is the app that's used in China to do everything. That opportunity is still here. Apple has failed to deliver on it. Google's failed to deliver on it. And But what, they, what they're doing with little pieces that he can ship away on is Google Authenticator, Google as your login for all these websites, right? So I think having my identity, my an identity tied with payments that I can use in a distributed way. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think that's really I, clever. I think it's interesting from a wall perspective. And I would say this in a trust, and I'd love, you know, we can just do a quick round the horn real quick. I, I would trust Twitter over Facebook any day with, <laughs> with a wallet solution. 100%. Uh, you were saying to them that they, uh, their Facebook didn't, didn't do well with integrating. I think they didn't do it well. They forced kind of, they kind of forced a, a, um, stable coin they can enforce like it's an ecosystem with mastercard visa this that everybody that nobody likes uh um so twitter but elon doesn't care he cares about traction and being profitable uh, at some point so yeah go ahead try uh, if he fails he fails he won't care twitter will not die because of that he will not yeah, I, I, well, it's kind of what's kind of strange is we can't really trust brands in this way. It's new territory to trust a brand with your data. I trust Elon in a way because I kind of feel like he he's he says he's, what he he's means. too busy to rip you off. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's playing a bigger game, right? He's playing a bigger game. Yeah. So when when it was Larry and Sergey at Google, I, I trusted Google more than I do now, and I guess you know. Kind of bad, yeah, I, I stopped using Google see. search. I, I just, I, I don't find warm and fuzzy feelings with it. So, um, mm-hmm. but I think it's very interesting, you know, and, and Tom, you manage, you know, you, you know, from, from real world assets back and on and off chain, you know, you're, you're over on the Solana ecosystem. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, is, is Elon going to be multi-chain or is he going to kind of pick a favorite? Um, but, but I, we have not heard about him acquire anything, um, or if he's building something from scratch, but he's, he's identified that there's a team, uh, that's actively working on this and, and said they're not going to waste their time with the coin. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, to Antoine's point, you know, Facebook, they probably had hundreds of people in all these committees and they said, well, what's our five-year plan? And then let's create this bureaucratic nightmare to try to back into it and let's let the whole world know we're going to do a thousand different things. And people are just like, hey, give, give us something that's easy, fun, and cool and I'll use yeah. it, right? They didn't have to go through this whole kind of rebranding, all this kind of stuff just to, you know, have it fizzle. I mean, I think Elon is just going to come in. He's going to say... I built it. Go use it. And let me know what works, what doesn't, and we'll we'll, yeah. we'll innovate, right? And, I mean, and most likely he'll open source the code, which yeah. I think is is critically important to understand. Yes. And, and where are the guys who work at Facebook now? They're on Sui. Uh, um, so yeah. so uh, uh, and and improving on the on the on the um, on the uh, programming language that was initiated at, at Facebook, which is cool. But now it's going to be open source. It's going to be more open. That that's nice. I'd rather use that than the Facebook coin. Sorry. Yeah. I think once again, what we're seeing here with Elon is, you know, love him, hate him, but the world's a better place for having people like him who are bold, who are ambitious, yeah, who can plot a course, who have a vision. And money, so he can try stuff. Yeah, no, it, it, yeah. rapid rapid failure, and I think that that's really kind yeah. of this this thing that you know it, it, it's. Um, I find myself on Twitter on X. 
I hate the I hate the X name, but anyway, um, you know, I find myself on there quite a bit more, and I do and I do find differentiating opinions and and quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see, and and uh, we'll circle back around this here soon. I, I hope I hope he implements it well. I feel like he generally will, but as with anything else, uh, um, <laughs> they they don't come out of the the oven perfect. So usually there's a little bit of uh, you know trial and error. Um, jumping over into I think some of the biggest news uh, that we have is that Grayscale uh, Bitcoin ETF, uh, which is a spot Bitcoin ETF. You know, right now there's uh, um, the GBTC, um, which is just kind of a general trust. Like you're not, you don't own a one to one, and you know uh, they, they've got a ton of of uh, Bitcoin in there, um, but it's not a spot ETF. That's been kind of the holy grail in the United States that you can, uh, you know, just again own own custodial. Uh, Bitcoin, um, but but in a regulated manner. So Grayscale has been granted a petition for review. So that means the SEC now has a, a length of time that they can either accept the application uh, or or deny it. Uh, which you know I, I think that you know based on what Ginsler has been doing, you know he may deny it, but at least it's been given the ability to have uh, you know a review that that the Court of Appeals has said nope, this is they are allowed to do this, um, and and you can't just say no. So they've got about a forty five day uh, that the SEC. Can can fight it, but then they have, I think, uh, approximately you know uh, two hundred days to to approve it. Um, Antoine, what's your what's your thoughts on this as a former trader? Uh, well, uh, we've been hearing about Bitcoin ETF for years. Um, I think we're getting there. Uh, there are still uh, uh, legitimate questions on the SEC refusals of all these ETFs, um, but it's uh, it's uh, it's. It's it's showing great potential, and we're getting closer to a a resolution. First of all, federal court. I'm not U.S. citizen. I don't know much about the uh, the uh, U.S. legal system, but neither does Gary Gensler. The the, uh, prerogative of the SEC of the federal court uh, uh, is not the same as the SEC. What the SEC decides on ETF listing or not is not is not a, a, a federal court business. It is not. It is SEC business, so they do not understand. Even if they are, they have they're very good judges there, they do not understand what SEC does. Uh, is SEC understanding what they're doing? Probably not. But they have they, 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 their refusal has grounds still. Um, but I think there's some something much bigger at play here. Who is going to be the first one? Um, who is going to have the first ETF? If there one will happen eventually. But who will be the first one? And uh, uh, once uh, um, and when is the aggregation or, or accumulation of Bitcoin in a in a in a in a, in a investment f- investment firm at grayscale or BlackRock, not to name the the, the huge elephant in the room? Um, when will the accumulation of that Bitcoin will happen? Because to be able to sell uh, the ETF, so it's a one on one. So I sell you one. I need one in the ba- in the bank. So they they, uh, they will have to accumulate it. If you were a, a, a wise investor, you would try to buy at the lowest point in 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 um, in a, uh, on the market. And if you were a wise investor, but also the biggest investor in the world, BlackRock, uh, would you try to alter the course of the price before it becomes a regulated ETF? So you can fuck with it a little bit before buying. So uh, if I if I were BlackRock, I would buy under twenty thousand. So what is going to happen between now and the ETF approval? Maybe we will see the the price of Bitcoin drop a little bit more. Last year it was around twenty thousand. 
but nowhere near having uh, uh, SEC approval. Um, so we may see it go, go down a little bit. So then you can promise your investors that you're going to go back to 26 and 30 and 40, et cetera, and slow the, the, so slow down the uh, volatility on that, on that uh, uh, underlying product. So you can control the progress and you can be sure that every year you make 20% and investors are very happy uh, because that they can do that. They have the yeah. monetary power to do that. They did that to several. And, and this is, you know, the nice thing is these are, 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 I believe, raw Bitcoin. You know, they're not, not, you know, these aren't wrapped anywhere on some special chain. You know, I, I truly believe in raw tokens as being, yep. you know, the most critical part of, of these ecosystems. Uh, bridges and wallets are my two least favorite things in the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so it, it's, a, it's exciting to see, you know, proper custodians, raw Bitcoin being held by these spot, by these uh, spot ETFs. Um, Twam, you know, you, you've, you've spent some time in regulated markets. What, what's your, what's your, are you excited about this? Um, do yeah, you think I, that there's going to be like 20 of them approved or do you think it's going to be one or two? I, I'm, I'm super excited about it. I mean, I think, you know, once the once the blueprint is established, you're going to have a bunch of people coming in to try to have their own specific flavor of, of, of the ETF. And, you know, you have the investment accounts where you, you know, the, the people within those 401ks only have a certain subset of assets that they can pick. So you're going to have a lot of uh, copy paste, um, you know, Bitcoin ETFs going out there. Uh, you know the one the one thing I, I agree 100 percent with Antoine that um you know there there is incentive to try to you know uh, stabilize the price of Bitcoin as well as to you know have a good entry point for the ETF but I think a big part of the ETF and of the underlying asset is that it's a it's a stable and robust market that doesn't allow a single participant to really influence it too much so I think you know BlackRock is going to be incredibly careful if they are going to do anything like that to uh to make sure that that's not known and i you know you can't keep a conspiracy like that quiet so i think blackrock's going to be super safe they're going to be very um uh, conservative in terms of how they launch this so that they don't get egg in their face because you know frankly the opportunity to have the premier bitcoin etf that's going to be around 100 years from now is so massive that you know they they just need to get it out there do it the right way not have any regulatory scrutiny you don't want to give congress any reason to to come in and pass some law that says, well, look, BlackRock, you guys manipulated the price before it went in. So I I, I think it's going to be an A-plus offering. I think they're going to do a phenomenal job launching it. Um, and I think there's room for you know a handful, if not a dozen different uh, ETFs out there that are going to fit in everybody's uh, different kind of flavor that they're offering on their investment product. Yeah, and 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 yeah, you know, not there, a, there not investment not advice, but but I think sub thirty is is very low for Bitcoin. You know, I I think that you know, it, I don't think a hundred k is is today, but I think that you know, solving the custody issue, and I think that's one of the you know, self custody to me is like it's great, but it's stupid, um, and and especially for institutions that have fiduciary responsibilities to their investors and shareholders, you know, and and John, this is this was like your biggest challenge, like is like nobody wants to deal with the coins, especially when you're talking about like, hey. Like, I don't want to get fired for like, you know, having this random little hardware wallet that, you know, people lose. It's things happen. So it, it solves a little bit of the custody issue, makes it easy. Yeah. Well, nobody wants to pay 30% to Apple for do, handling payments for them. <laughs> right. But, you know, having a small margin to have somebody conveniently hold your money and be able to, you know, spend it. And that's, we all have brokerages. And I think, you know, the business model of someone like a BlackRock they're not a hedge fund. They're not trying to take a position on these equities necessarily is allow you to take a position on the equities and take management fees for large, large, large amounts of dollars worth of, of the assets. 
Yeah. Right. So, um, that, that, yeah, that would solve. We all own crypto, right? Everyone in this call owns crypto, so we all know how painful it is to own crypto. Oh God, yeah. it's, the worst. it's the worst. They're so bad. I, hey, I come on, it's made in you know, it's like it's like I relate to those as like a 14k modem. Like you have to use it, you have no choice. But but there's got to be a better way. It's and annoying. Yeah, guys. Even in 2023, we got a late start because I couldn't get my Bluetooth headset to connect cleanly. So I mean, come on. Like having any points of failure on individuals when it's important, like with your money, with your assets. Yeah. So I think it's really exciting. I think all of these things are little steps forward to how we'll get more mass adoption, right? And so I think it was vastly underestimated how easy it would be to get to the mass market. And now we're seeing all the complexity, but we're also seeing the big glacial kinds of important movements take place. Um, and when those things happen at some point, they'll be, it'll be, it'll become like, well, how did this not happen sooner? Because it's so obvious. Yeah. And, and listen, but, even people that are very experienced in this space, I mean, we just saw this past week, it's not on our list of articles, um, but, but a, uh, a, a, what was the name? Uh, Prime Trust, which is a, you know, they were, they were a crypto bank. Um, they, they lost $38 million in client deposits because they, they can't find the, the laser engraved seed key that they made like one copy. It only exists there. Like they, they didn't use anything like fireblocks. They didn't have like true proper custody custody. So buying in an ETF means number one, you can insure it Two, you know, that, 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 you know, things will happen, but it's going to be on BlackRock. It's going to be on these other guys. If they lose it, you know, it's insurable. They're, they're liable for it. They can't just say like, oops, you know, I forgot to write it down. That's, that's pretty interesting to have such a big player involved. I'd, I'd rather have BlackRock than Grayscale, honestly, to be the first. Um, set the standard. But, yeah, it will set the standard. And you know, well, as an investment banker, you know that anything that happens in the US then is replicated elsewhere. Um, in the investment banking, the kind of the uh, where we experiment is in Asia, and uh, uh, where we validate models is in the US. So then mm -hmm. it's uh, there's a legislation, and it can be copy copy pasted in europe switzerland the rest of the world so it always starts there and uh we've been waiting for a long time for that and we'll set the standard which is pretty cool i agree with you to one they will do it very cleverly uh, um but even very big trading houses uh not as big as blackrock have tempered a little bit with uh, with terra luna with ftx with this that and are in trouble it's on in the next articles i uh, uh, jump training did that a little bit and is in they're in trouble uh, um, blackrock are so much bigger and 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 will not will not do that or will do it very very cleverly otc trading is still a thing uh, once once they once they they come in you won't need that anymore it will be so 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 massive that nobody yeah. will give it's a shit it's interesting about to see the merging of the, the merging of the, the financial markets. I, I think it's going to be a really interesting thing and hopefully that they, they expose these wallets so we can validate and verify what they're saying that they hold and um, should be pretty easy. They will. Because it's, it's, will it's a to. Bitcoin. So, yeah. yeah have to. Interesting here again, we're, we're talking about trust here, right? And we're supposed to be, it's supposed to be a trustless kind of permissionless type of asset. Yet the question really comes back, you need to trust someone. Yeah. And who do you want to trust? Well, you know, in the, in I, I the, want to uh, trust Bitcoin is what I want to trust because I, I can verify it. I, I don't yeah. want to, you know, have that. Well, you don't even trust yourself to hold it. No, right? I, I honestly so you don't want to trust a BlackRock well, because it, I can it, insure it. To be to be able to issue an ETF, you have accountability uh, yep. on on the on the uh, assets in, in store. So 
how often will they have to, to show the, the, the records? And as soon as they show once, you will know what, what the addresses will be. And then you can make the connections and you will know when there's a the purchase. It can be one-on-one, it can be automatically done uh, uh, at every 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 day, uh, every second or at the cutoff at the end of the day. So they can adjust a little bit and trade and do a bit we're, of We're, we're going to see BlackRock acquire Tornado Cash or some stupid thing like that, just so they can, they can, they can, you know, keep playing their game. So let's, let's pivot real quick. Um, and, and we've got a bunch of gamers uh, and, and game lovers on here right now. So I, let's jump into, um, you know, there's a Web3 game called Golden Egg Wonderland. And I think, you know, Tuan, this is going to hit right into uh, to your heart here. Uh, they just made a significant update introducing new features, uh, game characters. I've never played this game, um, but the game's play for gold uh, approach enables players to exchange golden egg NFTs for a real golden egg backed by a partnership with uh, Tanzanian gold uh, plants and refineries. So the update uh, includes safeguards, uh, a, bunch, a bunch of new updates, um, but I find it very interesting. Again, this real world assets, you know, utility, like, you know, the fact that we're starting to experiments. Um, you know, how many people really need a golden egg in their life? Um, I don't know. Um, but, but the thought that you can, you know, kind of have this, this play to earn, play to live. Um, and there's a real world thing that can happen, I think is really interesting to Yeah, it's, it's totally interesting. And I, you know, I, I have a lot of good things to say about it and a few bad things to say about it. Let's hear them all. I'll, I'll start, I'll start off with the, you know, the interesting part. It's like, you know, when reading their, their, their PR that's, that you're showing there on the screen, um, you, you know, they, I, I think a lot of play to earn games, they've kind of had this issue that, well, you're, you're playing to earn something and whatever you're earning kind of, you know, deprecates in value over time. Um, so you, you might be putting all this effort in, you have a bunch of paper money, but then once, once that, you know, bubble kind of subsides on that initial launch of a game and user acquisition, you know, all of the, that economy kind of falls. So here they're trying to say, well, you know, you're going to play to earn and you're not going to earn some some fake, you know, NFT that's going to drop in value based on market forces. You're going to earn this gold. And gold is a much bigger market than anything on crypto, anything everywhere. And so what you're going to earn is is going to be worth its weight in gold. And I think it's a brilliant kind of marketing strategy. It gets around some of the issues that people have had with play to earn. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, it's interesting from that perspective. Um, one of the things, you know, so getting kind of on the, and oh, sorry, it's going to be really good for people like us who are trying to show that, hey, you could trade, you know, real world assets on the blockchain. Um, on the negative side, I mean, there, there's been, you know, at least 10 projects that have tried to tokenize gold to sell it on the blockchain. You could go to OpenSea, for example, and you could search gold and you get 4.3 million results. Um, there's companies like, you know, Materium, there's 4K, a bunch of different, you know, NFT marketplace, you know, real world asset bridges that have done the gold thing. And, you know, for whatever reason, there isn't that much interest to trade gold on the blockchain. I think the the, the way that people trade gold in real life over commodities, commodities exchanges, through their broker dealers, through all this kind of stuff is pretty robust and very cheap. Right, so I'm not. I'm not sure there is significant friction in in gold trading per se. I mean, I think there are some some marginal improvements that could be made to the system to reduce fraud, reduce storage costs, you know, increase transactional efficiency, reduce settlement times, all these kind of things that blockchain is good at. But specifically, gold, I'm I'm not so sure. And then, you know, finally, getting getting back to you know John and Antoine, how they introduce themselves. The game has to be fun. Right. It, what, what's the point of playing a game unless it's fun to play? Um, you know, you could win gold at the end, but we know that if the game isn't fun, if you're earning gold, 
you know, where, who's buying that gold? Where does that come from? What is the what is the self-reinforcing cycle to get people excited? Somebody has to pay for the gold at the end of the day. And if you don't have new users coming on the platform, it doesn't matter. So the game has to be fun. I'll leave it there. Antoine, what's your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, so, Tuam, very valid points on the gold market. On the gold market. Uh, I've worked on a, a, a six, seven years ago, worked on a project that was going to try use blockchain technology to for traceability of, of gold, uh, to have a, a fair trade gold out of Africa and bring it back to, to Europe. They, these guys are based out of Monaco. They do a great job. They do it without blockchain. They, they do it. Um, what is this? Uh, how is this different from uh, uh, any NFT game? This is a pyramid scheme, like any other pyramid scheme, with a twist that um, you can exchange your stuff for an egg. Okay, cool. Uh, who is giving the money? Where does that come from? Uh, um, it's a, sorry, it's a scam. It's a piece of shit with the gold around it. So um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's, a, it's a shit cover golden egg. Let's, let's, yeah, let's cool. Call it. Uh, I'd rather have chocolate, but uh, but uh, no, no, it's this is crap again. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the game is terrible. And I'm pretty sure it's uh, if you look under the hood, don't show me the tokenomics. I'm, I already know it's like it, it, it's a it's a shape like that. Um, so you'd have to find new users <laughs> that will pay for that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's crap. It's a, no, again, the, yeah. you know how you can so you can tell something's a scam because it's got the words "play to earn" in it, and you can tell a game. You know how how good is a game's quality? It's kind of an inverse relationship with the marketing budget. How many ads have you seen for Fortnite? Uh, yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, none. Oh, yeah. They don't need to advertise. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I I can't agree more. Uh, uh, you know, it, 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 game yeah. a, a good game. Is, uh, is, is, uh, does not need marketing. Some good games have marketing. Uh, but how do you make games so fucking sustainable you can distribute gold? John, you're yeah. a game developer and publisher? I'm just trying to make them sustainable. Please tell, please tell me, <laughs> do you print gold at home? Uh, no, that doesn't work like that. Yeah. Sorry, I have a visitor. No, I've, I've worked on a lot of big games since tripping into this industry in 1998, and I can tell you that anything associated with play to earn is is a pure scam. Um, you know, it, it really bothered me I, when I started getting into crypto and gaming in, I guess, I don't know, three four years ago, and I started immersing myself and figuring out. I'm like, this is so cool. Let's become experts and let's go raise a bunch of venture money and let's like dive into this because this is definitely the next big thing for the world. And then I realized, oh my god, but and, and, and that's true, but everything everybody else is doing is an utter scam. It's not going to work. Like, the one thing that's been true throughout video games, the history of video games, is it's got to be a great game for, for that day and time and platform. And if it's not, forget about it. You're, you're, yes. you're done from the start. And so, you know, I, I look at these games. I, I don't have to click play to, to yeah, know it's going to be a crappy yeah, game. You have a few key words it, now with those, all those Web3 games. So AAA, uh, MMORPG. On Unreal uh, doesn't work. Uh, you have a play to earn, or play and earn, whatever. Uh, you have a few keywords. Just look for experienced people yeah. like us from the gaming industry. You just look at the at the landing page. Two three words. That, yeah, okay. Just, well, and let's go to advanced techniques. Like, what's a word that's not a scam? Win to earn, right? Because the, the ultimately you can't have a an equation that somehow on the left is player time and on the right is money because. 
you need to have money on both sides. If money's going to come out, money has to go in and that's coming from someone, right? And so the models that we are really excited about are when to earn. So the most, one of the most popular reasonable fair business models in gaming today and free to play is the monthly battle pass. You know, you pay your five or $10 a month and you get all these extra perks. It's like, you know, look, why wouldn't you spend the amount of money that a, a couple cups of coffee in a month to really improve your gameplay experience around the thing you're spending 10, 20, 30, 40 hours a month playing. Like it's, it's ridiculously a good value. It's, it's literally designed industry-wide. It's known as the best value in gaming by your battle pass. If you're going to play the game, right? So that's, but now what if we took that and we said, okay, a couple of those dollars of value are going to go into the pot that can be won by players. So at the end, when you have your leaderboard and you find your results, you actually get some crypto out of it. That'd be kind of cool. And now I can use that to buy next month or I can accumulate it or, but you're not, you're not playing to earn. And somehow this is your career. You're having your hobby. You're having a really good time. You've chosen to spend your hours here and you have something to show for it. And maybe if you're really good, then you're at esports. People have built careers in gaming, or if you're, uh, an influencer, if you're a personality that's that people want to, to spend time yeah, I with. think you guys are and now rather than having to get a tiny, tiny slice of a billion ads, you can actually get a tail of the revenue for the value you brought to the ecosystem by bringing marketing and attention to a game. And I think, and I think that brings up some really good points about you know input and output. And you know, when you get down to that, that base thing, you know, so let's jumping back to our first story, which was about X Twitter, you know, Elon just flat out said, you know, anyone that's a, a content creator on here, he's giving a percentage of the ad revenue based on the views that your stuff sees. So if if in in line of the comments of a post that you make on X, they're getting revenue, they've created a, an ability to kind of rev share for you. And so, you know, while it's 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 relatively complicated from that standpoint, you know, this is what blockchain is supposed to solve. And so, you know, Ant- Antoine, you know, mm-hmm. this is what you guys do. You're building engines for, you know, games like like John's to be able to, to kind of just say like, here's the easy button. It's a great game. Here's the input output. And then Tom, you're, you actually are, you know, having an input of real world assets to play a, a virtual game that then can come back to there. So it's, it's a matter of, but I think what you guys said is there's no like, real world thing that just poof appears, you know, out of, out of nowhere and no one's, there's no money that's gone in. And it's just kind of, you know, Hey, you, you, we're this, this kind of, you know, pay to earn concept. It's actually very interesting to try to balance a game and try to balance the economy of a game. How do you make oh, money? Yeah. Do you make it paid game, just ads or, or all of that battle pass, all of that. So, but you need money in to be able to pay. Uh, if you don't have that, you just print money out of thin air. Doesn't happen. That that's does not exi- that does not exist. So it's always in- very interesting to look under the hood of all those successful games or not successful games. Uh, you have many not successful games that make a living. Yeah, that's great. Uh, um, and it, they're not everybody's Fortnite, but cool. But there's so many games. What we do on our platform is just allow m- the, the making games faster, so you can iterate and make more cool games. I'm not allowing you to print money. There's no magic. There's no magic month. It's, it's, it doesn't happen like that. So make a cool game. Uh, it doesn't work. Make another one. Make another one. Make another one. Try, iterate, and, and innovate. Don't be Ubisoft. Don't be an idiot and, and make uh, like another 10 what, Assassin's Creed. So let me just ask an open question because all, all of you guys are experts on this panel. Is there a, a path to a true play to earn? Because I really love the concept of it. I, I saw what it was doing in, in emerging markets. Uh, you know, Axie's Infinity, it's a highly stupid game. Um, but but it was allowing, you know, young young 
uh, kids with a with a twenty dollar uh, smartphone to learn, you know, to to you know, kind of have this very basic skill. There was demand in in kind of you know first world countries that they wanted these these things, these these axes and, and the tokens and everything else. And so there was a demand of this marketplace that was that was held up by nothing, obviously. Um, but but what is kind of the holy grail of being able to create something like that? Because I like the idea of you know uh, people pulling people out of rice paddies and pulling people out of sweatshops to do something of value, you know, in a virtual environment. We're we're all speaking you know the same language here that that people actually have desire for and willing to trade real real world dollars for what is the um, what is the value so, that they bring so agree awesome let's all say i was like let's let's answer the question simply no and now let's say okay well but what yeah, if? That, like, that's what, fine. like let's invent it yeah. because it's like the obvious answer is no so let's get creative with that with that assumption and say well, well what could we change what would have to change what would have to you know so the money as we talked about earlier has to come from somewhere on the left there needs to be an input of money let's assume that People in first world countries with more money than time are putting money right. in. So what do they, they don't have time. They want to be prestigious. They want to, to look generous. They want to have clout. They want to win. So maybe they need someone to beat, right? These are things that I, I think if you look at a system, as we look at as system designers, right? We're really economy designers as, as game makers. Um, we need to, give someone something for a fair exchange that, that they're going to put money in or value in. And then, okay. So then the people in the developing countries are putting their time in, they have more time than money. They want money out of the system. Correct. So how do we make that exchange work? And the problem is at the levels we saw before, it wasn't sustainable. So how do we make it sustainable? Right. So and again, you have to have the engine of a fun game because you're not going to put money in. And, and there's been gold and, farming. And so there's been the gold farming is, in you know World of Warcraft for you know decades. Yeah. But you had World of Warcraft first. Correct. You didn't have gold yeah. farming first, right? And so I think that this comes back. The issue for me and the nut I've been trying to working my entire career to crack, and, and a couple times I have, and a couple times I haven't, even with big successes, is how to make something a truly mass market phenomenon. Right. And so what we've seen in crypto is, is like everything we started talking about X and ETFs for Bitcoins. These are mass market major things that, that the entire public is kind of aware of or, or interacts with in some way outside of crypto. And now crypto is coming in. OK, but gaming, it's been all like nothing's been big. It's been not mass market. It's been crappy, small games for super enthusiast people. Yeah. Right. And so how do we change that? We've got to make great games and you've got to get great games to adopt crypto. And that's that's why we pivoted. Right. We pivoted from taking our our awesome game RuneStrike, which is live now. It's beautiful. It's a great card game, but you haven't heard of it. You've heard of Hearthstone, but you haven't heard of RuneStrike. And we're saying, well, a lot of people have played Eternium. Let's get Eternium to that next level and then put the crypto there. And then we've got 37 million people waiting to play. Tom, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I I, uh, I I I resonate with John's point about um, you know the the general answer is no, but then then if you go in and slice the different segments of people within the game, then the answer you know for some part of that ecosystem is maybe right, and and that maybe is a very conditional maybe because like if you if you make it you know so simple that you're just holding a phone and clicking a few things to farm some things to build something so that some wealthy person in America could go and buy and that's kind of your input and output you know that's also very easy to to bot right and and so the question is like you need to you need to do something that's fun and engaging for everybody in the game 
Um, and then, you know, the people that are there that are farming, that are spending the hours doing this kind of stuff, uh, you know, it, it, it has to be reasonable um, in terms of complexity, in terms of thought, so that so that it's not easily bottable. Because I think once a lot of games, once the bots hit the game, um, it just destroys the, the economy because you have, you know, instead of having 100 people there, you might have 10 million bots doing the same thing. Um, so it's an incredibly complex problem. I think overall, there's no such thing as, as play to earn on average for, uh, for the, the, the player base. I think uh, there, there is, you know, whales coming in, wealthy people coming in to, to buy kind of the, to compete in the top level. And you have all the people that are working to provide that ecosystem. And I, you know, I, I just think that there's better ways to do that. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, why do you need all of the people there working and doing something boring so that these people at the top can 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 buy those items and win and 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 make money on on the tournaments and whatever it is? Just, you know, just give it to them anyway, and and you don't need this whole system designed for this play to earn. I think it's a, I think play to earn is kind of a dirty word right now, and I think, um, you know, it it it. it, it it has to come afterwards, as as we said with World of Warcraft. I mean, I think if people can find some niches within a mm-hmm. game that they can do really well, um, crafting items, you know, doing some, you know, maybe there's somebody who's really good at fighting a particular boss and they could get paid to do that. I think creating an opportunity for people to go in and learn a game and 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 create their own kind of niche is good. I think just yeah. blandly saying, "Okay, you know, you guys go to the farm and and pick the pick the radishes that you're going to feed the Pokemon to go in and and play the turn." That doesn't work. The, the gotcha. unskilled labor never becomes something that gets highly compensated in any economy, right? But I, I Tom, what you just said, I, I love the word creating. The creator economy is much more interesting, and like get in, helping people from developing nations become creators. Well, that's a different story. And so I think that's a massive trend in gaming, right? The big release from Fortnite earlier this year was it's now essentially competing with Roblox and becoming a, a, a game ecosystem within which people can create other gameplay experiences, and then Fortnite will share the revenue. That's really interesting. Yeah. And that's something that crypto can be extremely useful yeah. for. Antoine, this is exactly the problem you guys are trying to solve a- in Meta Engine. Absolutely. And uh, there's, no, uh, there's no magic formula. Play to earn does not work uh, simply because you, you need you need to provide something in exchange for money, right? So if it's just your time playing a stupid game, uh, then you ha- you end up having the guilt system. That is, to, that's my point of view. That's my private opinion, not Meta Engine's opinion. This is this is slavery, right? So I take your time. You play this game for this amount of hours. If you're not good, I discard you. But if you're good, then I take 30% on top of it for doing jack shit. Right? Just providing you with that stupid egg for, for, for this game or that one, uh, that golden egg or whatever was that other thing, um, that does not work. Creator economy is a big thing. So uh, being, being creative with your phone, well, there's limitations. What can you provide to uh, uh, to a game or to a, an ecosystem with your with, with your uh, with your capacity local capacity with just your uh, um, uh, uh, pretty bad Android phone what can you do um, we had we had a we had an experiment a while ago uh, uh, with something called Earth Twin where the economy was basically local uh, anybody would be able to contribute by creating objects three objects to contribute to the world or scan the world and scan like a 
uh, a crack in the road or a building, etc., to contribute to like a, a big uh, uh, um, crowdsourced uh, 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 digital twin of the world. Um, how do you uh, how do you pay these people? How do you pay them? You need to generate their work. Need to generate revenues. And then you can redistribute the, those revenues. Uh, uh, on on uh, John's point of view, on uh, uh, win and earn, yes, competitive gaming. Okay, every well, when I was younger, uh, I was dreaming about becoming a professional gamer. Cool. I, I played. I was at some point number two in the world playing CS:GO. Uh, no, not CS:GO. Counter Strike, the first version. It was oh, a while wow. ago. Wow. Um, it was a while ago. I played too much. Um, and, and and how can you get paid? How does a professional player get paid? He gets a contract from a company and works for a team and gets sponsors, and then maybe he can win championship. And they will make maybe maybe a hundred thousand a year. And you, you have some millionaires, but they are not all of them millionaires. They live a cool life, uh, uh, but it, they are not millionaires. How can you expect giving uh, even ten percent of that to? 50,000 individuals that are playing a stupid game that can make a thousand a month. That's not possible. You have one pro player making a hundred thousand a year and, uh, and, uh, uh, and you expect to have a thousand kids, uh, playing with just their phone, making a thousand a month. That does not work. It's yeah. impossible. Uh, uh, the gaming industry cannot allow that. Maybe, maybe, uh, uh the vision of Meta and they executed it poorly was to, bring that creator economy and bring everybody into that 3D environment where uh, uh, the, the dream is still a, a ready player one and uh, that there's one coin that rules everything and it's in-game coin and you can buy stuff in real life to play, continue playing the game and mothers are paid, uh, uh, farmers are paid, this are paid, etc. Yes, but it's billion, billions of people playing the same game and competing. So I steal your stuff and I, I, I win. I win over yeah. you. So it's winning and earn. So there's a, there's a, there's a couple a there's a couple can... concepts that I just want to throw out here real quick, and I think that there's one of which is like the Call of Duty, which I play with my kids, and it's it's annoying that like every version of Call of Duty that comes out, you get to rebuy everything all over again. Nothing transfers. I don't own anything, even though I bought skins, even though I bought things. It's just kind of like nope, new game, start start over from scratch, and and if I um, whatever I own is just locked in in my account and I can't use it. Um, you know, so the the ability to theoretically trade or you know trade or sell or, or do anything there is, is very enticing. The other side, and I think it talks about a little about the creators, um, creative economy is, is some of the games like with cars that have skins um, and that, you know, designers can say, hey, I created a unique skin. It looks like a you know, Shibu Inu or whatever in the world it is. Um, and someone goes, I'm willing to pay money for that. And, and, and that does allow money to escape the system. So I think that's an artistic approach that could allow people to, you know, kind of have a, a um, wouldn't be a play to earn, but a play to earn, but a create to earn. So I think, and that does create vibrancy in a community um, and in a game. Is that, is that something we think that we should see is, is, you know, the ability to collect and trade, you know, be like a, an arms dealer uh, in Call of Duty or kind of be able to, uh, you know, to create skins um, that other people are willing to purchase? I think, I think you stole my catchphrase, free to earn was actually the catchphrase of that project uh, was at some point Crypto Planet and then turned into Earth Twin. But exactly that. <laughs> And by the way, create to earn and win to earn go really well together. So here's something taking, taken from actual gaming history, right? So 
Uh, when I was when I first started working in the video games industry in 1998, I spent a lot of time, many hours a week, working at Sega, and I also spent about 40 hours a week playing StarCraft. And most of what we were playing StarCraft, we were playing 4v4 back then, like in our flat in San Francisco, and we were all playing. We were playing on this one particular map that. I don't know who the hell made it. It didn't come with the game. It was something that you had to download. And, and we were all playing this 4v4 map. Well, someone created that and they got absolutely nothing for it other than the pride of creating. And I don't even know who it was. But what if somebody in the world had created that and it was on chain and they could have had a tiny bit of compensation every time that was played? And now what if you put a business model on top of that? Like, hey, we're all going to put up a dollar. And, um, you know, the winner takes three and the house takes yeah. one and the house with its one pays the creator of the map. Like, this is really exciting. Counter-Strike cool is a mod of Half-Life. That's how it was born. Yeah. Uh, Day of Defeat, uh, all of these uh, 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 games that were made out of Half-Life. That's super cool. Blockchain can be helpful there. Track ownership, track who is the creator Uh, can this asset be licensed? Uh, who is licensing it? Who is using it? When? How much is being paid for that? So how much is this creator going to get? Like being being uh, being fair and being transparent. That's what it can do. Uh, uh, it's my it's my inventory. I'm supposed to be able to use it. Like your skins, I want to be able to use my skins uh, here, there, 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 there. Uh, before you would you you were you were able to mod on your PC and change the skins and even counter strike and other games. Uh, yeah. but it, it, it was also allowing to cheat. So, uh, <laughs> that was banned. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's not fair. You have to buy again, everything. I have no skins yeah. and no game. I don't want that. Why well, it's, it's a core problem you guys are trying to solve, but let's, let's shift over to a, a final topic. And I think it's very important for us to, you know, when we're thinking about <clears throat> any type of blockchain gaming, we're talking about Bitcoin, we're talking about any type of cryptocurrency, you know, the core chain is, is really important. And one of the things that, that I deal with on a, on daily basis with Y whales and, and Y whales communities is education. Um, and so we're going to start with, uh, Shibu Inu has created their own chain, uh, the Shiberium. Uh, they have relaunched their bridge yet again. Um, and uh, they're, they're the active processing times to be able to move coins in and out of the Shiberium bridge. Um, again, if you don't know what Shibu Inu is, it's a meme coin that has no inherent value. Um, it's designed to kind of be a, a Dogecoin you know, alternative. Um, it, and the bridge can take anywhere from 45 minutes to seven days. And so... We, we see this quite often, and I'm not saying that their technology is not sound. Um, I'm not saying that, that the computational is there, but their first attempt of this, which was uh, a, a couple weeks ago, uh, they lost about $1.7 million dollars in the first few hours that this bridge went live. Um, and I think that people really need to understand and think about it before you ape into a project like this. And it, it, this, this just like, it feels like the bull runs coming soon. Like we're going to get to that point because the hype is coming in. Um, but, but this is not like something that any real investor should, should look at. Um, can you make money? You're most likely not. The chances of you losing money over here and doing these types of things, is it decentralized? Like it, it, this is just a scary, scary thing to see. And this is how we get, uh, you know, so much regulation forced down our throats is because, you know, these, these anonymous teams, um, you know, are, are on their 20th rug pool and now they're going for the big rug pool uh, by having an entire chain um, out there with, with these bridges, which are some of the most insecure, Uh, even the good ones, even the big ones, you know, Jump Trading's lost billions of dollars uh, on their bridges and they really actively manage these. Antoine, I know you've got some really exciting thoughts on this. 
Well, uh, uh, <laughs> mention Shibainu. It's same. It's the same as mentioning play to uh, play to earn, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, it brings uh, uh, that. That's why we are getting a lot of regulation, but also why we need a lot of regulation. Um, letting people so the anonymity, I don't, I don't care. It's it's cool that you can be anonymous and do stuff, uh, but this is a scam. Everybody knows it's a scam, and it doesn't work. And oh, sorry, we lost two million dollars again. Uh, um, who is still believing in this? So I don't, I don't know why Elon is trolling. Uh, uh, that hard about about Shiba Inu all the time, but uh, um, you know, you you get yet another uh, another fake project or another scam, and 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 decreasing the credibility of the whole ecosystem again and again and again. Uh, so uh, I think I I think we will get rid of all of that pretty soon, uh, um, and we won't see as many scams as as, as we've seen. Or as many bad projects as we've seen, um, because they, they captivate a little bit and then fade away. Uh, but that Shiba Shibarium. <laughs> Tom, you you know you're on what I would say is one of the top alternative chains, uh, top altcoins, which is uh, you know uh, Solana. Um, you know, and you already have to deal with quite a bit of people saying like, "Ooh, you know, there's problems there." Like, why why would anyone go so far down the path to to do this? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. I think the biggest money maker in crypto for some of these platforms is the the concept of this uh, Ponzi scheme. And um, you know, I, I've I've seen meme coins launch and do that kind of thing. You and the way it works, you know, just technically, you get a team of four or five people. They might go and launch the coin, and now they own a hundred percent of the coin. Then they might do something that sounds great, but it it's actually meaningless. They'll go and say, oh, and 50% of the supply is already burned. And and that kind of sounds super exciting. And you say, wow, you know, it's, oh, there's scarcity now. But you know, everything I just said is completely meaningless. It's mumbo jumbo. And then they go and buy a billboard in Times Square and talk about the future of crypto and, and this and all this kind of great stuff. And then all of a sudden they start slowly selling the coin into the market and they basically put on the hat of a market maker. And whenever there's a dip, you know, they might try to soften the dip or if they see that there's thin liquidity in the marketplace, they'll go and just put a bunch of money in there to pop the price up. Then they get some more marketing and PR and they kind of get this engine going with the whole goal to, to kind of figure out, well, what's the adoption curve of this meme coin? And we're just going to sell into it. And they take something that literally was zero to create, you know, basically costs like 30 bucks to create the, the coin on the blockchain. And they go and they they create this fake, you know, multi-billion-dollar market cap, and they sell a bunch into it. And this has just been repeated over and over and over again over the last three or four years. And the people that that lose money in these in these Ponzi schemes are the ones that come to the the come to play right at the end. You know, they come and say, "Wow, you know, my friend over here on Twitter just made ten thousand dollars, and he's saying, oh, it's going to go up, up, up.' Or maybe there was a little dip. Maybe there's a twenty percent dip. It's time to go in because this is going to be the next big deal. And you know, this money comes from nowhere. It's evaporative, and it's all coming from people that are coming to the show late. And it really puts a bad, bad name and a bad fuzz. Everybody's hairy that works on this stuff, 
And, you know, there's a reason why everybody's anonymous, right? It's because the same people are doing it over and over again. And it's, it just sickens me because, you know, the three, the four of us here are trying to build something that has utility and value. And you, you get these like pump and dump schemes, you know, throughout the ecosystem that just, that just ruin it for everybody. So thank, thanks for the. It, it, it's why I don't say I'm in crypto. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's, I, it's even hard to say web three anymore. Um, you know, cause we, we, you, there's just so many connotative, you know, just like uh, people, people just perceive it, you know, as a scam nowadays. And if you say Bitcoin, you know, they, they generally, they, they don't understand it. They go, yeah, it's interesting. I don't understand it. You say the word crypto and they, they think of this stuff. They think it's you know, memes and games and everything else. Um, and it's really sad because I do see, you know, the value of, of cryptocurrencies. You know, the- It's like that even in the game development community of game developers yeah. who are very bright and well-informed on these topics because everything that's been released has been, yeah. And then gamers who are slightly less informed have this irrational hatred in some cases. Like major publishers have tried to give away NFTs and they've gotten crazy crap for doing Digital it. Digital collectibles. They're just trying to give it away. Like they, they weren't trying to sell anything. They weren't trying to make any money. They're just trying to like, hey, isn't this cool? And, and you know, I, I think <laughs> crypto also, we kind of kick ourselves in the balls with this too because, you know, everybody who's been doing this for a few years understands how these meme coins work. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a large proportion of us, a large number of people who are probably going li- to, I hope not, but, uh, you know, probably a large number of people who are going to listen to this podcast, they kind of, you know, have a playbook. They say, okay, you know, new meme coin comes out. I'm going to keep an eye on it. When they start their marketing push, I'm going to buy in and I'm going to sell it at 3x. Um, yep. And they're just going to repeat this over and over again. So people do make money doing this, but it's it's all the people that come in after it's already on blasted on the news. When you see it on CNBC... No, the whole thing is that's you don't want to be the exit liquidity. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which is is really what that's why you need the SEC or or a regulator. That's with Ponzi schemes. There's always been Ponzi schemes. Uh, It's it's as old as time. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons we're sort of on the sidelines right now with crypto and gaming is we're, we're we want the SEC to do something reasonable and rational. We don't want to be having people betting their fortunes or, or, or having an unstable environment. We want people to be able to put money in, spend it, play with it, take some out. And if they take out a profit, pay taxes. Yeah. On it. Like once we have that, we will have an amazing win to earn economy. We can layer on create to earn economies and we will take gaming into new I'm frontiers. Excited to see, I'm but excited to see how you and Antoine work together here shortly. <laughs> Hey guys, I want to thank you all so much. This has been a fabulous hour. Uh, a lot of great insights. You know, we've covered a lot of topics. We've gone all the way from uh, you know ETFs, regulation, and reg tech uh, to metaverses and uh, you know Shiba Inu meme coins. So I uh, can't thank you guys uh, enough for the time here today. We're gonna go ahead and wrap it up. Why whales? This has been the Why Web Three series. And uh, Twam, Antoine, and John, I thank you guys so much for your time today. Uh, we'll see you guys all next time. Why Whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. Why Whales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com.
Why Whales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.